I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you something. You know, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and grab a hoagie and a glass of water because I'm ready. <laughs> and I'm television's Gene Smart, and I <laughs> am so goddamn excited about this episode this week. And I know I've said that before, and I've meant it before, and I mean yes. it this time. Yeah, it has, like, the hour's energy, to yes. be honest. Yes, Like, <laughs> like <laughs> the moment that you really, like, had watched Mayor of Easttown, had texted me, it became apparent that, yes. yes, this indeed could be our next episode. I was like, oh, my God. Now I just have to sit here and fucking wait. <laughs> I know, I know. We finished it. We got right on it. That I think when we recorded um, that night, yeah, um, we uh, Keon and I was like, I think I'm gonna start watching it. He's like, All right, let's do it. And we watched three episodes in a row. Really desperately wanted to watch a fourth one, but we were like, It was you know, it was late. It was a school night. Yeah. And then the next day, we start. We watched the uh, the remaining four episodes. We started at like seven or seven thirty, and it was. Ugh, a roller coaster and just like everything I it, it lived up to the hype more importantly too because mm -hmm. I knew that like obviously you said that I would like it and I know that you liked it and like it has everything that we could possibly want right um right and and all the women oh my god yeah and just like the broad church of it all and like the influence and just like uh just it's it's like an homage in a way, but also like different in many other ways too. But obviously we'll get into that. But uh, yeah. I am, I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I'm just so happy to be so here. So happy to be invited. Yeah. yeah I am. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you loved it. I was, you know, it's that thing where when you really love something and then you recommend it to somebody and all of a sudden it's as if you're somehow responsible for it as well. And so it's like, well, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if they don't like it, somehow this is my fault. And, but I thought, as you said, all of the elements were there, and I thought, and there's even this Pennsylvania thing that I felt like, yes. if you don't at least enjoy the, 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 the PA of it all, then what are we doing here? Yeah, it has all of the above. Uh, it's, I think, like, the, the Delco accents, mm -hmm. the sort of Delaware, Philadelphia, is very similar to Pittsburgh. Like, the way we do our O's, Yogi, yeah. you're like, where Yin's going? We say yins in Pittsburgh instead of y'all. It is like the, it's, uh, I right. don't know where it came from, but like there's definitely, and I, I'm, I'm all over the place right now, but what I'm trying to say, and I think I, I remember reading this on like IMDb or, IMDb or something, but this is like the first thing that's ever been made that has like a, like a real authentic Philly dialect. And I'm waiting because there have been movies, even, um, 
you know, that Christmas movie with Dan Levy and Kristen Stewart on Netflix. Happiest season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that took place in Pittsburgh, right? And like, uh-huh. uh, there were no Pittsburgh accents to be found. I'm like, if you really want to do it, you got to do it. So I'm waiting for like the Pittsburgh version of this. But I'll, I will take the Philly version uh, and, you know, hold it tight because it really was incredible. I think that is, I think it's a very important seasoning on this show is that they, oh, yes. they went for the authenticity and, and nailed it because when it first starts, like, I mean, that's certainly something I noticed on the first few lines, like that first scene yep. at the Carol's house with, you know, I'm, I'm the first time I watched that episode, I was barely hearing what Kate was saying and more was like listening to how she was navigating this accent. And mm-hmm. I know I could certainly notice it at first and, then as it went on, I was like, no, I think I want to I wanna pick this apart, but it's, I think it's perfect, <laughs> you know? It really is. I mean, and you got to hand it to her for being like, from the UK, I can't even imagine just like the way that she has to shape her mouth to get these vowels out. But yeah. she, I mean, from everything that we've read, and I'm sure you've read too, it's just like, was it her idea? Like, I feel like she was like really one of the people that pushed it because- yeah it does make that big of a difference. If we're going to go there, let's go there. And God bless Kate for, you know, I'm sure other people as well, but it seemed like she was one of the people at the forefront that was really pushing that. That's what I had read, was that initially they were going to just kind of go for a general New York area accent, and then she was the one yes. who was kind of like, no, I think we should we should really lean in here. And it, I mean, I think it kind of connects to, what I also loved about this was that it, and you know, kind of what everybody's saying about it is that mayor of East town, which I don't know if anybody has picked up by now, whether from the first five minutes of this conversation or the title uh, is the subject of our conversation today uh, is so much more than just like a whodunit murder mystery. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's so much more than a, than a, than, than law and order Delco, you know, it's, uh, it is. I mean, I think even in the title, like everything you need to know about what the show is about is in the title. It's about Mayor and it's about East Town. And I think that like East Town, the way that they say some movies and shows how New York is like the fifth character or whatever. I feel like in this case, you know, East Town is the 28th character in the show. And so I think yes. if you're going to do that, then you've got to really do it. And I think from from choosing the locations that that they chose to film in to the wardrobes to, you know, the references to the accents. Like, I feel like all of that had to be there or, or, or none of it was going to work. Like if you're going to do it, then do, you know, all eight cylinders, you know? Yeah. I think for all the reasons, even though I still love it, like for all the reasons that people might have had trouble with um, the fighter and maybe, you know, it's like, the you know this i think of the sisters and how a lot like the actual sisters like the real life sisters of uh, like didn't really love how they were portrayed because it was like this cartoon version of how like you know those women acted but like with this it's never meant as a joke it's like these are who these people are these are how these this is the way that they talk this is the way that they dress like i honestly the costumes are like such a huge part of that and like I'm going to say, I almost said the makeup, but I will say like the lack of makeup is Mm -hmm. honestly what brings it out. And I know I read too that Kate Winslet, like HBO was not interested in this project for maybe a couple reasons, but one of them was like they wanted 
her to be a little bit more glamorous or like to have makeup and like Mare would never wear makeup unless she's like out on a date you know like it's, right. it makes such it's crazy that you know HB like whoever you know the powers that be would poo poo something like that or even bring that up in 2021 but it still exists I mean we even have a, a scene of it you know of when she's going out on the date I think with Richard where she is you know, kind of opening up a tube of lipstick that looks like it hasn't seen the light of day in yes. a long time. Oh, I loved that. Uh, yes. She was kind of navigating it the way I would navigate a tube of lipstick. Like, I think I know how this works. And, you know, and I think that that is, yeah, I think that's another huge part of it is that Mare and, you know, the rest of her family and so many of the people we meet in this show really do feel like real people. And I think... Yes. Um, I think that, that, again, it just adds to it. I felt so invested, I think, just in her and in this story and even even more invested in finding out who killed Aaron because I was like, well, these are real people. This is a real community uh, with real yeah. connections. Like, this isn't just a, an Agatha Christie novel, you know? Even in addition to, like, the 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 clothing and the, the accent or the dialect and, you know, even lack thereof makeup too, like... Mare's house is so perfect. That sort of split level. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my God. All of my friends had that house when I was younger. And I don't know why, but it just brought me like, whether they intended to do this or not, I always felt like if they were in Mare's house, they were going to be safe. There was like this sort of like bubble around it that just gave me such like, and there nothing really, I mean, besides like, you know, the past stuff that happened, like the, like the death, you know, the suicide of her son too, by the way, spoiler alert, you know, oh. I, I think it goes without saying, yeah, if, if you're listening to this, we're going in. Right, going in. right. Yeah. Like if you're listening to this, then you know, when I talk about, uh, Lori crying on the kitchen floor, you already know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. yeah. In front of the dishwasher. In front of the dishwasher. Cause that's yeah. where you cry when you cry on the dishwasher, the kitchen floor. <laughs> Ask yes. Meryl. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I just love that house. I loved, I love Jean Smart just always being there. I mean, we're going to get into it all, but those are just like the nuance and the detail and the specificity of everything that it just, <laughs> It enhances it to a degree that I have not seen in a very long time, and like other shows, I I completely agree. And and the house, yeah, my my stepdad, his he grew up in a house just like that, and his you know, yeah. I'd been there, you know, and his mother still lived there, and uh, and it was yeah, I, I I knew that house and that split level. It, there's so many houses like that in New Jersey, and Lori's house. There's so many houses mm. that look like that in New Jersey that. Uh, there were definitely moments, I, like particularly, yeah, the area, the part of East Town where Mare and Lori lived looked very much like New Jersey. While there were other yeah. more exterior shots that I thought looked a lot like Pittsburgh, and I was like, oh yeah, no, that's Pennsylvania. Yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just like a, it added something to it that I guess maybe it it does kind of pick up on our own personal histories and our own personal narratives. Like I think, yeah, it probably does add something to the show if the if the location feels very specific to your own life in some way, like it just makes it feel that more real. You know, I think about that, that 
amazing scene in the last episode when the police and mayor show up at Lori's house to get Ryan. And it's, you know, we've seen these kind of like, I don't want to say police raid, but we've seen these kind of dramatic moments in movies before. But there's something about watching that scene and feeling like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm watching this happen in my own neighborhood right now. That just is so much more intense and impactful. Yeah. uh, Yes. And I I also think we'll we'll probably get into it, but just like the sense of community that I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I do feel that sort of. I don't know, like where I grew up was like, it was a a suburb of Pittsburgh and like we weren't rich, we weren't poor. It was like this middle class sort of area. But like if you drove 15 miles one way, it was a little gross. And if you drove in, you know, certain neighborhoods were like really nice, but it really, oh gosh, it's like, I think that there's something to be said for even the title of this, how it sort of doubles as like M-A-Y-O-R of East Town because Mayor mm-hmm. knows everyone. Mm-hmm. And she's just sort of the unofficial mayor because everyone I've talked to about this show, like I, I have to spell it for them because they, they think it is mayor of East Town, M-A-Y-O-R, but it's not. And I just thought that that's, it's such a clever little yeah title yeah right i know it it does i she is totally in that kind of joking way where someone says oh yeah yeah he's the mayor of this bar or whatever yes she is so the mayor of east town i i I think that so many little details in terms of you know when when helen gets knocked over and the ambulance comes to get her and and they're wheeling her out and then mayor gets home and she's like oh my god what is this this is nothing and she even and she talks to one of the paramedics and she's like I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, Eddie, get her out of there. She doesn't need this. She has a paper cut on her head. Yes. The fact that she knows Eddie, Eddie knows her. When Mare would go to talk to certain people, very rarely would they talk to her as like detective, but more as, oh, hey, Mare. You know, it was like, hey, Mare, who I remember from high school, or you went to high school with my brother, or you know my cousin. And it's really exciting to see a woman in that role because I, I think mm-hmm. we've seen some of that before, but probably more often with a male role. And I love the female mayor, 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 you know, she in of East town. Yeah. I, it's just, uh, I don't know, because I guess I prefer <laughs> women over men in these kind of situations. Always. Always yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, all in all, not a bad show. Not a bad show. Um, I mean, you could say that again. Right, yeah. yeah. So, and, and you know, granted we are the best supporting podcast and we're all here to, you know, queen out on supporting actresses. In the lens of supporting actresses in Mayor of Easttown, I mean, right off the bat, Gene Smart and Julianne Nicholson are, yeah. are duking it out for the BSA of this series. Uh, I know. And oh and gosh. I thought my mind was made up. And then as I was rewatching episodes and scenes, I was like, it's not that one is actually weaker in, in on, on second watch. It's more of like, no, they're both just so good in different ways. And both have such an interesting impact on the show in different ways that I can't make a decision, you know? Yeah, if I was to put money on it, like right now, and you know, I think we're going to discuss it in our best supporting after show too, just a, a little Emmys talk. It's like, I feel I'm trying to think of like the Oscar equivalent to this too, but like, I feel like they'll both be nominated. But Julie, I want Julianne Nicholson to win. And I want Gene Smart to maybe like, I don't know, win for hacks or something like yes. that. Like I feel mm-hmm. 
especially because like I I forgot who Julianne Nicholson was, so I looked her up and I was like, oh my god, she plays Diane and I Tanya. Yeah, and she's the coach. I'm like, of course, I knew that I knew her face, I knew her energy. I was like, there's something here. And then she was also in August Osage County, which I didn't see. She plays Ivy Weston, you know, one of the sisters, mm-hmm. um, which is also great. I just feel like she she's been around. It's her time to kind of peak. I would love to see like a best supporting like win for Julianne Nicholson. But then you have Gene Smart, who's also really great too and like funny and like provides a lot of the humor in this show because it is needed and it is delivered like quite often. Yeah, you know, I think the two of them are are interesting examples of the function and the magic of a best supporting female character in a show or a movie. I feel like yeah. Gene Smart, like the role of the of the mom, the you know who's got a you know a gruff exterior, who's wise cracking, or you know there or, or who's, who's drinking, or who's furiously playing Fruit Ninja on her iPad. I mean, this is the stuff of best supporting legends. Like it's a it's a great archetype yes. for like a best supporting actress you know nomination is someone playing the mom i think if we went through even just the oscars if we went through all of the bsa nominations and plucked out how many of them were mothers uh it it, it's not a small number even in our in our opening theme song at least half of those quotes are characters playing mothers you know um and she's fabulous at it she really is i think then there's laurie um and this what I love about Lori and what I love about her character and how her character functions in the show is that my favorite kind of best supporting actress is one you don't realize is so important until her moment, until her scenes. And so you're like, oh, my oh, God, yes. you know, we, we you know, an integral side dish to this entire feast. And what I love about Lori is that over the course of seven episodes, the show slowly coils around her like a snake Mm -hmm. and by the end it's like oh my god this is about Lori and I just love that I mean granted it's about Mare but like you know I think one of the things I I was listening to a the um, Vanity Fair has a, a, a podcast that they and they, you know, were uh, discussing the show every week and interviewing, and they had Julianne Nicholson on to talk about the last episode. I was like, God, imagine, imagine the royalty to be like, oh yeah, we're a movie and TV podcast. Oh my gosh, we're talking about Mare of Easttown, and we're gonna have Julianne Nicholson on. They said they had like everybody on. They had, you know, the creator of the show on. It was, I, it was incredible. But, uh, you know, she was talking about that. You know, the the one of the hosts was asking her about, of course, you know, the last episode and, and the car scene and the kitchen scene and all that. And the one thing that Julia Nicholson said was like, what they just kept telling me was like, the show ends on Mayor and Lori's relationship. All of this ends on their relationship. And like, that's like the, their whole narrative through these entire apps, you know, or the, or the narrative of these seven episodes is all ultimately going to end. One of the final notes is going to be about Mayor and Lori. And, uh, I just, I would have never expected that in a show that on the outset looks to be about, a, you know, a murder mystery and then might be about a troubled detective solving a murder mystery. I never would have thought the show would have been about that troubled detective's relationship with her best friend, Lori. Ugh. And I love that. <laughs> I know. It's, I have so many, I was like trying to like 
write them down in my head. I should have just wrote them down on a piece of paper. But yeah, to go back to Gene Smart versus Julianne Nicholson, it's like Gene Smart is who my mom is going to remember. But uh-huh. she might not pay as much attention to Julianne Nicholson, even though she'll say, oh, yeah, she was good. But Gene Smart, oh, my gosh. It's like Gene Smart has the gravitas and like the fame. to. She could win the Emmy for this. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. she doesn't win for Hacks, is it going to be this instead? And... Oh my gosh. And and like, I love, I so love, and, and I read too that Julianne Nicholson and I think it's her husband who is the godfather of Kate Winslet's mm-hmm. son, yeah. right? So it's like, they're friends in real life and it shows, my God, does it show like, the, like just popping over, you know, Mare coming into Julianne's house. I keep calling her Julianne, but Lori's house. Mm-hmm. And just like, you want a beer? Yeah. It's like, I love just like mundane shit like that. I love seeing mm-hmm. those relationships like established. And you you know, it tells you everything that you need to know. I mean, the mere fact that they have the kind of relationship where you don't knock. You just walk in the house. Yes. You don't hesitate. Yes. Like little details like that. You know, tell you so much, and I, I love their relationship. I think it is so. Yes. Uh, even before it gets so entwined with the case, mm-hmm. I just think it is such a real relationship. I love, even there's, uh, you know, there's the early scene where Mare and Helen are fighting in the kitchen, and then Lori comes over and she and Lori oh, yeah. does. She doesn't like wait in the room. She walks right and she's like, "Ooh, I'm sensing a weird energy in here." And you know, mm-hmm. and then it's like Mary gets her a beer, and and you know, and and they're willing to still fight in front of her. I think Helen. That's when she says, "You know, yeah, she's she one. Of, she's in one gig, of her big yeah. asshole moods." You know, <laughs> but like Helen has known Lori for yes. half her life. Like they're on the basketball team. Yeah, I love how they were all on the basketball team together. It's. I love that. And it's, you know, like, I think about that, too, of, like, Mare has known Lori's kids since they were born. And I think, I mean, again, those relationships are so important because the impact of that moment when Mare, in the last episode, when she has to call in to, you know, to the police to, you know, that... uh, that Ryan is a suspect of a murder and her voice cracks when she's calling yes. it in oh. and she turns away. And I thought, Oh my God, this is, this is not her just being upset because they've discovered that it was a child who's done it. This is Ryan who she knew bef- when Ryan was in Lori's, you know, womb. Like it's, it, it, it's so, it is, ah, like it's it's Olivia <laughs> Coleman it's Olivia Coleman finding you know Jodie Whittaker's son on the beach and knowing yeah, who it is yes yes I just and and yeah. the impact of that and and, and Broadchurch which for those who don't know sorry we're right. gonna make a lot of Broadchurch references I'm I need to cite my <laughs> examples yeah 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 um yeah when when actress <laughs> Olivia Coleman found actress Jodie Whittaker's son yeah this is not real <laughs> uh yeah it's it, I think that is because like murder mysteries and cop shows and procedurals and things like that, you know, true crime podcasts, none of that really excites me. I just don't, I need an an additional hook. And so for me, for something like Broadchurch, the additional hook is, you know, uh, what happens to, you know, Olivia Coleman's relationship with her husband and, and with, you know, with Jodie Whittaker's character and, you know, and in Mayor of Easttown, it's, it's how, all of this affects and brings together Mare and Lori in like the worst ways of like 
well, I guess now we're even. I you lost your son, I lost my son. You know, like that. Yes. It's that kind oh of stuff God, that the show is actually about. You know, I I mean, part of the best, like the best parts of watching mayor of east town happened like a day or two after when you're like in the shower and you're Mm -hmm. like oh my god right and you just think of like all these things it's like when you think it's 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 like the gift that keeps on giving it's like because you you could easily go back and rewatch it again i totally will like because now you can watch it through the lens of like how you can watch you know the men this time Mm -hmm. not that i wasn't watching the men but like obviously the women are who i'm more invested in but it's just one of those shows that just I even though there are a lot of like broad strokes from broad church, even just like the whole deacon thing that ha- I was like, right. oh my gosh, this is like a lot like broad church, but it isn't at all at the same time. Um, it's just kind of tastefully stealing some plots and storylines and making them his own. Yeah, and and I, I think it was in the IMDb trivia that they did cite Broadchurch as a direct yes. um, inspiration. Yes. But I think that that's like I'm okay with that because I think that, oh yes, uh, if you're gonna steal, steal from the best, right, know? right. And I think there's so much, you know, I feel like uh, this idea of of the community being kind of one of the the themes of the characters. I feel like we see this a lot with and you kind of brought this up earlier, but like shows and movies set in Boston, you know, uh, yeah. I think of gone baby gone mystic river, the fighter, you know, like, uh, I feel like, you know, I was trying to remember if silver linings playbook was, was Pennsylvania or Boston. Cause I feel, I remember the accents there as well. Oh, oh yeah, that was, I feel like it is Philly. That is Philly. Well, no. Yeah. Cause yeah. I remember, I remember Jackie Weaver talking about, uh, I made homemades, uh, and I yeah. didn't know what that was. Um, do you know what homemades are? Is that term? I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is it just like, is are they desserts? I think it's I don't like, know. I think it's like appetizers. Just like munchies and yeah. yum-yums? Yeah, okay. just yum-yums, munchies, appetizers. Uh, so that was the other one I was trying to think of. I knew there was another, but like, I think that, I mean, maybe I'm subjective, but I've seen enough of like Boston as a character. I yeah. And I don't even need it to be Philadelphia as a character. I like Philadelphia suburbs as a character, you know? And yes. to your point, give me Pittsburgh. Because I just oh, think please. when you have that combination of like, I don't know, there's something, I guess it's kind of what you were saying before where it's like, it's not like Hillbilly Elegy where we're kind of watching people struggling to make ends meet. And it's not watching rich people that you don't identify with. It's yeah. all of the nuance and gray area of middle class, like working class people. Like there's yeah. so much because it isn't one or the other. There's so much nuance. Like, I, you know, you look at Lori or Mayor's like they, they, those are nice houses. They're not luxury yeah. homes. They're not yes. shacks in the woods. But I think because they're neither of those, I, again, to me, all of that's more interesting because I just think you kind of have to. I think it's very easy, I guess, to kind of tell the story of rich people or tell the story of poor people. Like, there's a lot of easy set pieces for that. But you have to use so many more details to tell the story of middle class people because it is such a mix and and an amalgamation of qualities. You know what I mean? Yeah, there has to be balance because it's – and I guess that's kind of the, like, the operative word here too because the the accent isn't too put on – it's just enough and they're not too poor, but they can make ends meet. And I think that there's something to be said because I think the danger 
and maybe why we don't see that or at least this like uh, this pocket of like class of people so often is because it's it can potentially be boring i guess mm. but what makes it not boring is you know these characters that live in it like just because it's a suburb of philadelphia doesn't mean that these people don't live complicated flawed lives right and it's it's great like write a hundred more shows like this and movies like yeah yeah i i I just like i want to just wrap myself in that yeah this was the it was like when we talked about a few weeks ago when i saw that movie britney runs a marathon and i was like oh i wish this was a series i wish i got to spend more time with these people i felt that times 20 with mayor of east town where it was like i I want to spend more time with these people. I want to be in this world longer. And uh, I I appreciate, I think I appreciate it a little bit more because I know there isn't going to be a second season. There isn't kind of that, like, oh, how are they going to keep telling the story? I, I don't know if there, I assume there isn't going to be a second season. Um, I think East Town's been through enough. But I, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of, I guess, like special, like the show special where it's like, it's more special because it's limited, you know, and, and yeah. it's, it's just a glimpse into these people's lives. But, you know, I, uh, yeah, I want to, I, I, I want there to be another crime in East town. I want to see mayor back in action. I don't know. Like, I know. uh, you know, and Siobhan's in college, which is great. Cause I don't know if I really needed as much of the Siobhan story as we got, if I'm going to be honest, yeah, sure. um, it, you know, mayor of East town is a largely perfect show, but I think, if they wanted to make any changes, I probably didn't need as much of her like love story subplot and her like yeah. stoner girlfriend subplot. Sure. Uh, Cause I guess it didn't really lead to anything, you know? I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I guess beyond Jean smart, it's like, she's the only, the daughter Siobhan is only like the only sort of surviving member of the family that can sort of, tell more of that story i guess mm-hmm. and you know it's inter- i'm interested in like the sister that kind of got pushed aside because you know the suicide of her brother just kind of eclipsed everything in the family and but she turns out to be a good kid and i love yeah. that i love that she cause she could very easily be the stoner girlfriend but she's not and i i do like that i do like that there's still you know seemingly a sense of balance and love and Yes, conflict, but also, I don't know, respect for each other, even though it is kind of a, a beautiful mess of a family. It's just a real family yeah, with a I, lot of trauma. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know. And I, yeah. I think that her character, her story is really interesting. It's it's a variation on the sister who stays home and the sister who stays back. Like, it's the... Sure. It, it, she kind of, yeah, was forced. She could be, yeah. She could be, and I think was was trying to be or was going down that path until deciding to go to college, you know, to, to go to Berkeley. But it's, uh, I mean, I also think, you know, the, the narrative that she was the one to actually find Kevin. And I think, you know, the, the way that that yes. got, um, that scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the way they, they kind of, cause we know, obviously we know her son kills himself early in the show, but mm-hmm. it really isn't, I think until the sixth episode, maybe, yeah. Fifth or sixth episode where we see what I didn't realize the first time was all a single take of the scene of Mare coming home to find him hanging in the attic. Yes. Um, like, I don't remember Oof. where it cuts, but like it follows her from getting out of the car, running into the house, running past Siobhan and um, 
and I think it's it cuts after she collapses against the the, the ladder. The ladder, um, yeah. But I just like, uh, I mean, I'm obsessed with like any again. It's like live theater actors are like, oh wow, <laughs> you acted consistently without a break for like a I know yeah, that, 45 exactly. seconds. But I yeah, hold be, my beer. Right, right, hold exactly. My right, hold my hoagie. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> my my wawa hoagie. But I mean, I think just the intensity of that moment. I you know. I thought about like the filming of that scene and that Kate has to start that scene already at like a 22, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. she already knows that he's dead and she's having to run into the house to find his body. And I just think just like the meta production performance of that, I was really impressed with, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, the, the, the element of like Siobhan finding his body, I think, um, and the fact that like Kate basically, or not Kate, Mayor, same diff, mm-hmm. uh, the whole narrative was that she didn't go check on him. She told Siobhan, she's like, you just go check on him. Like she basically, yes. you know, uh, is somehow responsible for her daughter's trauma in some way. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it's, I see what you're saying. Like, again, like it goes without saying we're never <laughs> like we're not upset about seeing like a queer, you know, woman on you know or teenager on television like we love that but i do there was parts of like the you know after she broke up with the stoner girlfriend and was kind of just like i don't know hanging out with the the girl at like the dj stand that's not what it's called at all <laughs> yeah at the, the recording uh, studio and i'm like yeah. okay but i mean i am glad if anything i'm glad to see a resolution that there is she's not gonna be stuck in this trauma that she's gonna you know hopefully work through it with a therapist but also like move away from it just to see what the rest of the world is like and to not be responsible for her mother who ended up you know kind of like we just said being responsible for her trauma in the first place too it's 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 all interesting stuff but yeah i could have trimmed it up a bit yeah i maybe maybe helen could have gotten another subplot you know sure i i wouldn't have been mad at that but um, yeah, certainly I, I think, uh, again, her character was probably more interesting than her story. Cause I also think about, I think about so many people I went to college with or so many people just in general who going to college was the breaking free from a bubble was breaking free yeah. from a world that oh, like absolutely. very easily they could have stayed in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think about even like, you know, Brianna Del Rasso, which I feel like is just a gold Ooh. mine for, pe- yes. for for that accent. It's just a gold mine for that accent. Uh, perfectly cast. Yeah, perfectly, perfectly cast, cast as well. Uh, she, you know, really resonated with me the second time I watched, you know, the scene when she's talking to, to Dylan on the porch and she's saying, like, you know, basically her, her chance of going to college is shot and she's going to maybe check out this, like, beauty school that she knows somebody went to. And just the way that she talks about it and like the look on her face, I thought, Oh man, this is so many girls in so many towns like East town that get as far as the beauty school down the highway. And, and, you know, and then as she says, you know, doing hair for rich people down the main line and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's certainly like, there's, there's no shaming of that, but I just think that that is, that really resonated to me of like, there's there are so many people who are it's like that is their the extent of escaping the life that they know you know and so for someone like Siobhan going to college is huge it is a huge yeah. new chapter and I just think like lesbian Siobhan in Berkeley is going to thrive <laughs> like oh, yeah she's gonna be just fine like I it, it really is a happy ending for her 
I loved that porch scene. Was it with Dylan? Is that yeah, his name? Yeah. Middle part, like 90s heartthrob Dylan, mm-hmm. who I also hated. But like, I thought that was uh, Mackenzie Lanson, I believe her name yep. is. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great little actress. I always say little, I don't know why, because she's like a teenager. But um, I, I ju- there's something about the way, I didn't write it down, but she said like, yeah, I heard it's like really nice. Or I heard it's like she like she's trying to convince herself in that moment that it's the right decision, even though Dylan doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. just like in his own little world, too. And it's like, yeah, it's like her chance at that escape was kind of taken from her where Shabon just kind of did everything right. And, you know, wasn't involved in a murder, you know, of where. Right. But it, I mean. It turns out that Brianna Del Rosso wasn't, like, really involved. Like, she was there. And, like, yeah, I mean, she definitely beat the shit out of the the girl, which was, I hated her in that moment. Oh, uh, I know. But it's yeah. kind of like, it's, uh, you did that, and this, these are the consequences. But I, I still felt for her in that moment. I was like, gosh, you can probably still do something else. You can move out of East Town. You don't have to stay here. Yeah. But does she know that? Right. You know? And and I think that for a lot of people, you know, and positive or negative, like don't I mean I think Mare is a, is a, maybe a more positive example of this. Is like people who don't want to leave that community either out of fear or out of like, you know, just this is what's familiar, this is what I know, this is the yeah. world that I know. Uh, I, you know, going, going outside of this and living outside of this, I might as well be living in space, you know? And there's this part of me that, I don't know, I think about, you know, because I grew up in New Jersey in, you know, yeah, probably like an area that was, again, as I said, probably similar to this in some ways. And I, Mm -hmm. and there are definitely a lot of people I went to school with that I've seen on Facebook who still live in that area and are still, you know, are now raising their families there. And you know, and, and even, like, are still friends with some people that, you know, we, we were all in sixth grade together, you know, and they're still getting together now and having barbecues and all this. And and it's, you know, and living in New York where it's, like, you know, it, it, people are always just coming and going and there is just, like, that transience mm-hmm. and that sense of I came here from somewhere else for a reason for so many people. I do look at the, I do look at the people who stayed and I look at the people in East Town who have that kind of community and... There, there is also something kind of nice about it. Like it made me really think about. I was thinking about like Mare and and how she, you know, like Siobhan says to her in the last episode, like you, you know, you, you'd love you love East Town, like you'd never leave, and the town's better for, yeah. for it. And I thought, well, there probably is a lot of genuine truth to that because, like, think about how good it must feel to also like walk into the supermarket and be like, oh, hey, Betty, how you doing? And like. Or to go to the diner and to know the girl, you know, who's your waitress or whatever because, you know, your kid went to school with her. Like, I think there's something kind of lovely about all of that. Yes. Uh, And I think the show shows us that. That it is, you know, uh, this is not an oppressive community, but it is certainly like, you know, I don't think it's an easy one to break free from. I totally agree. I think that's one of my biggest takeaways from the show is like how much I... As much of I'm as much as I'm sort of like an introvert and, you know, I like I don't know any of my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I don't. I know my right. neighbor next door, but you know, when Keon's out doing yard work and Renee walks over, I'm just like I go back in the house. <laughs> or I never come out. I mean, I don't run away, but like if I'm walking through the kitchen I hear the and phone. I see Ren- Renee and yeah. 
I just, I'm like, I don't have the energy for it, but I do. And I could so sink back into that in like a second. It's like, you just have to catch me at the right time. But if I can avoid it, I'm going to. But yeah, it made me miss my hometown, specifically when I was in like high school, because you're able to like navigate your hometown. You're able to like drive, you know, gosh, just like driving to my friend Nikki's house piling in my van with like all of my other friends and just like going to I don't even know like Eaton Park like the local restaurant and just Mm -hmm. like laughing and sitting there and ordering mozzarella sticks and like you know homecoming and like who's taking to who to homecoming and like all these other like small town again just like seemingly not thrilling but kind of thrilling for me at the time at least like I do miss community and I miss I'm jealous in a way, but I'm also glad for where I am right now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Again, not, yeah, not shooting it down because we went to a birthday party. Well, actually, Nikki, the one who was, I was just mentioning, mentioning, she, uh, her son turned seven this weekend. So we went to her house and she's still in North Huntington. And, but now she gets to like do all the stuff that she did like with her kids. And I think that's probably why people might stay home too, because they want to show their hometown to their kids and do all the things that they did. And like, there's, there's like an ice cream place called Earl's Dairy Whip, like right next to Nikki's house, like in the neighborhood over. And I'm like, oh, I remember like the line was like three miles long. And I remember going with my parents and I was like, ah, that would be fun. It's just nostalgia really, I guess. I hear you. I, I totally hear you. And I, I think, uh, it's, I think, I thought about this with, like, when I lived briefly in Sacramento, and I think about this really anywhere where I'm living, even now in Astoria, where it's, like, if you have, like, people, if you have a community of people, and you have friends, and, you know, you have your needs met, and, you know, there's restaurants, there's places to go, and, like, I, I don't, especially living in New York, it's, like, I don't need all of this, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't need all yes. of this to feel fulfilled. I really do think it, I think a, a, just a huge part of feeling a sense of home and a sense of fulfillment is a sense of community. And yeah, uh, yeah I am, I am jealous of people who still have that or jealous of what I, of the positive elements of that, that I see in this yeah. show. And I guess it's like, well, that doesn't mean that I want to move back to my hometown. I guess I would like that experience of knowing my neighbors and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, seeing familiar faces when I go out and about like that, that would feel really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think about when growing up and I think about like the street that I lived on and how it's like, yeah, we, we knew all the neighbors, we all knew each other. And like, it, it just doesn't feel like there's that part of me that's like, because I don't see it much in my own life. I'm like, does this happen anymore? Does anyone know that? And I know that it yeah. does. I know them so being so myopic, but it just, it's like, do people live like this anymore? You know, I'm such know. a boomer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, and, and the older you get, especially like as a gay man, like you don't have kids. I mean, you can obviously have kids if you want, but like Keon and I are not having kids. And like every once in a while, I'll just like stare out the window. I'm like, what's going to happen when we're like 70? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's like that fear. And like, I, but you, you kind of need to and like we have friends and obviously like friends with kids and we'll, we'll figure it out but there is that sort of like dread of getting older and like you know I often think of like that sense of community like that you would have like by simply going to church I don't mm-hmm. want to go to church but like 
it's kind of built in as long as you show up and are like a nice person and you know bring a pie to the potluck you know like you people are going to be there for you right um so it's like finding your own way what does that mean to you like as you grow up that, that's kind of a rhetorical question but if you want to answer it you can no i, I don't know it, it's certainly the sixty four thousand dollar question and i think again yeah. it's it's relevant to the show as well because i think and i think as well like i grew up going to catholic school and like i mm -hmm. wasn't my family wasn't super religious my grandparents were but my mom wasn't but like yeah. still having that sense that like church is a huge form of community and is a yeah. and is a community gathering and like it's and having that i mean i think that's certainly an element of east town and you know having kids is an element of of community and so mm -hmm. yeah when you're a gay man who isn't super faithful um, sure. Or, you know, doesn't have a strong faith, I should say. It's probably a better way to put it. Uh, you know, yeah. if, if you don't go to church and you don't have kids and you're not still going to the bars all the time, like, yeah. where, where is your community? And I, yeah. I have no idea. I I think about that a lot. I, I think about that constantly of like, well, where is it then? How do I build that? What do I do? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I... Yeah, it's like a question for... I mean, we could probably go into that for hours <laughs> right really. oh yeah totally yeah that's a whole other you know that'll take us far out of east town into a whole other territory yeah. um but but bringing us back into east town i yeah. you know i'm probably gonna do a whole in the details episode on these scenes but i think it is worth just queening out on them together i would love to talk about Lori's big scenes in the last yeah. episode because i i yeah. think I would say that the last episode is probably probably for everybody is is a real acting showcase. You know, Helen has that breakdown at the arcade, um, oh, you know, yeah. wherever they're at. That I yes, that was yes. just so powerful, and I loved when she called her Marianne instead of Mayor. Mm -hmm. That was like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, it means something when Helen calls Mayor Marianne. Yes, you know. Yes. Um, and and just saying like you know I just you know I, it's not your fault I just want you to forgive yourself for Kevin and um, so that was just like it was Helen has a couple great moments for the show I also love that scene when she's with uh, Drew's mother I'm forgetting her name uh, played by Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick's daughter Sosie Bacon Soji Sosie. Um, yeah, did so you know that? We'll go with that. Yeah, yeah I did. I saw yeah. that. I was like, oh, so yeah. bacon. Uh, but I'm blanking on her character's name, and I have to solve it. There we go, Carrie. But when she invites Carrie. Carrie over to give Drew his bath, and Carrie's like, why are you helping me? And Helen says, you know, it's purely selfish. Uh, I know that you're probably going to get custody, and oh, yeah. um, I don't want you to push us out of our life because I can't bear to lose another one. And you think about that. Her husband killed himself. Her grandson killed, or no, her great grand, no, not her grandson. Sorry, mayors or grandmothers. Grandson. Her grandson killed himself. You know, it's like there's that too running through this of like, uh, and this comes up in the therapy scenes of like, is this is this a generational thing that we're doomed to? And uh, and in one way or the other, I can't bear another loss. And I just thought that was so. Oh, that was just so real. I, it was such a great moment for Helen of like, and for Jean Smart. Uh, of of I don't know I I think Helen is she's a fun sort of commentator energy throughout the show and that was I think yes. one of the most real moments we got of her you know 
Yeah, I think so. And both of those moments that you said were like really unexpected because it's like she's just sitting with, is it Carrie her name? Yeah, Carrie. the The bathtub scene. Yeah. And like she just really... I don't know. You can kind of see it coming like a couple lines before, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. she's just kind of staring at Carrie and uh, Drew is the, the grandson or the great grandson. Drew, I guess. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she just kind of like drops some truth bombs on her. And it, it like it really does have such an impact, not only in the scene, but just like it shows you that she's not just like slinging fruit on Fruit Ninja. You know what I mean? She's she's right. like a, she's like a fully rounded human being and even in the in the arcade i love that it happens like at the arcade like yeah. at chuck e cheese almost it looks like too but, yeah like, i think she's at the age where she's like i don't i don't care where this like this has to happen i'm gonna say it and i'm gonna do it right here i might break down at chuck e cheese but um you know i'm gonna give you a moment and i think for those too it like really it puts her in like real contention for that like best supporting actor yeah. like who is uh those it's, are the it's moments. Great. I just really love Jean Smart. I love that she's just on a roll with hacks and with this and like so many other things. Wasn't she in Watchmen too? I didn't watch Watchmen. She was in, yeah. I saw that like she has one of the episodes is like kind of her featured episode and she was great sure. in it. But yeah, Jean mm-hmm. Smart. Jean yeah, is she is having I mean, I feel like I was looking at her IMDB. It's like, well, she hasn't really stopped working. But Yeah, obviously, yeah. Which but it I just feel like, yeah, between this and hacks, she is uh she should be, yeah yeah her whether it's her agent or just the power of gene smart which is good enough for me she is just nailing it these days uh and i'm sure yeah. well i don't know if you've seen hacks yet have you watched no movie? i have not okay. i have not uh well get into it it's yeah <laughs> get into bitch it. get into it <laughs> but uh anyway that so so yeah so helen has some great moments certainly the arcade scene in the last episode um you know kate as mayor is incredible in every episode, but I think in terms of that last episode, before we get into Lori's moments, I just need to highlight mayor watching the security footage at Mr. Carroll's house and realizing it's Ryan, that face journey of mayor realizing it's Ryan. I knew that, that, uh, that like iPad or whatever it is. I'm like, this is like Chekhov's iPad. Yeah. Like this has to come back later. Right. And I said it out loud to Keon. I was like, I feel that that has to be important. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they bring that up? But then you feel like it's solved when they find out that it was just like some old man with dementia creeping in the back alley. So you kind of forget about it. And I was like, the footage is there. The footage is there. And yeah. then ugh, it's just so thrilling to watch. But yes, the face journey. Yeah. Uh, and she has that one moment where she kind of like lets out this little sob, like this, just this little like, oh, kind of moment that mm-hmm. was such a choice because it was like she was. I felt like in that moment, it was like the realization, but also this like disappointment of like, oh my God, you have to be kidding me. Like, it's Ryan, you know? I I just love, I I don't love, that's not the right word, but I I love the plot device, I guess, too, of um, of writing the murder as being a true accident. Mm -hmm. Like that he he didn't mean to kill her, but he did. And like the contending with that like once they finally get the full story of course at that at that moment kate or mayor rather doesn't really know but like the dread of the realization that it's uh, like your best friend's son teenage son yeah this kid you've known his entire life yeah yeah um yeah i feel like it's like the layers of that of like oh i this is the this is who killed aaron and 
it's a child and it's Ryan and it's Lori's son. And it's like all of like, and you know, Lori's husband was involved. Like it's so many layers of like, if, cause we see, it's interesting. There's that scene earlier where she deletes the footage of, yes. I guess of Beth's brother. I think I can't remember who it was. There was someone she deleted the footage of. It was like, yeah, yeah nothing got picked up. And, you almost think like, oh, if she could have, she would delete the footage, you know, like, it's, oh, yeah, you know, it's like, I love that. We see her make that decision. Yeah. Um, There was another connection I found with this moment rewatching it is there's a scene, I think, in the episode before it's uh, it's when all the power goes out when uh, Mrs. Carroll crashes her car and Mare, oh, yeah. they're look, looking for candles and flashlights and all that. And Mare goes into Siobhan's room and she sees the laptop open with the movie that Siobhan is making about her brother. Yeah. And there's a scene like, you know, Mare hits play and she's watching this clip of Kevin. And it's the same shot of Mare's face, just like watching and like having a kind of, you know, a mini face journey. And I just love that there are two moments in the show that are the same scene of Mare watching a tragic son, you know what I mean? Of like yeah. Mare looking at footage of her son, Mare looking at footage of Ryan. Like, I just thought that was, Ooh, uh, what yes. an incredible connection. Uh, uh, and, and then the third connection of like watching the footage and deleting it of, I believe it was Beth's brother. Yeah. I, in a way it's like, do I wish that we would have seen like Mare's thumb, you know, right? like go over the delete button or hover for a second. But I love that. I mean, one, I love that you thought that much about it because it's, oh, it's yeah. such a heart, like heartbreaking thought or just like, you know, and so beautiful at the same time that, that the writing is like, wow. It's like, again, like a shower moment, like three days from now. When right. Like, and then there was that. Ugh. Yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. Um, it, I mean, not necessarily um, a face journey, but just like a really great acting sort of moment is when she's in therapy and describing the day that she found her son and like how I can't remember what word or like th- that sh- her voice breaks and she kind of like bites her lips and turn her lips, her bites her lip and turns to the side, like the- her face kind of contorts a bit. It's, it's perfectly timed and we never really fully see a breakdown because at this point too, it's like so much, I, I, I don't know how much time has passed. I feel like they toss around the words, like they say recently, I feel once or twice. So I, I don't know how old, oh, or how fresh that is, you know, or I has think, it been like eight years? I don't know. Am I, I wrong? I think it's been a year. I think it's been about a year okay. since Kevin okay. killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the scenes with the therapist and I'm, I can't remember the, the, character or the therapist's name but whoever was playing the therapist was really good like she just oh yes she was just like so it was like this is very accurate this she was just very very good those scenes were really powerful uh mm-hmm. but yeah we i i i love like it kind of reminds me of um a little more restrained but it reminds me of the the scene in the aa meeting in rachel getting married when she's talking yes. about how her brother died like it's that same like watching someone revisit you know a traumatic experience is uh it's that kind of storytelling where it's like i already know the ending and i just have to like follow the inevitable and the inevitable path towards it you know like when you're watching those scenes yes i i agree i'm looking up i i searched mayor of east town therapist and it says gail graham yeah no you're right it's uh 
Aisa Davis. Yeah, Aisa Davis plays Gail Graham. Yes. Um, yes, that is her therapist. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aisa Davis. Yeah. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I apologize. But apologies, uh, she was fabulous. So, um, well, all of that, I think, brings us to Lori, uh, mm-hmm. who is, I mean, Lori, and I've heard other people talk about this as well, was when the show, before the show was over, people were like, Okay, Julianne Nicholson is like a, an incredible actress. Like, mm-hmm. she's probably going to have a scene. They're probably going to give her something to do, you know? Because for much of the show, she's really like the level-headed best friend, and yes. she she never kind of gets, you know, shaken up. She uh, there's just like always a calm vibe about her. She's always wearing that ugly brown jacket, you know. Um, <laughs> yes. There's that amazing scene on the park bench when she's talking to Mare. She's like, you know, you're pushing everybody away. And Mare says, including you. And she says, no, I won't let you. And it, I, I, I like, I was like, are you kidding me? Yes. Great writing. Yeah. Everything. Great writing. Uh, Because I feel like they're not the types of friends that have gushy moments like that. You know, I feel like their, their relationship has such a firm like solid foundation that they don't need, they don't need to tell each other that they love each other and like value each other. It's just there, you know? And, right. but I think that was like a rare moment where, you know, you saw a glimpse of that. Right. I interrupted you, but sorry. No, 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 no. I, I think, I think that's, that's a good point is that um, it, it's that it is that kind of very specific relationship that I also think is somewhat cultural of like, I think about like, cause my mom's family's from Philadelphia and I think there yeah. is a little bit of that vibe of like, Hey, you know, I love you. You know what I mean? Like Mary's even like yes. that with Siobhan where like when she's saying goodbye to her, the last episode, she's like, Oh go. Oh. Um, where yes, there is, yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. it's more of like, you know, let's not get messy about it. And I think, yeah, Lori and Mayor are at that point where it's like, you know, I love you because you can walk in my house whenever you want and I don't care yeah. how I look or how you look or what's going on. You're always welcome, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think, yeah, that is sort of a lovely moment with them. And then, and I think it, it, we just see that throughout that you, you almost think, okay, Lori's, what is Lori's function in this show yes. other than the friend, you know? And, and obviously then it's like, oh, she's also the scorned wife or, you know what I mean? Whatever. You just like, I, I always kept looking at her because I'm like, well, she's it's this supporting character that I just feel like is this ticking time bomb in the plot. And, you know, it's I just I couldn't I just couldn't believe the the gift of it then really being about her and the idea that, like, for as much as we know, Mayor has gone through and experienced and we haven't even talked about what happens to poor Colin Zabel, you know, uh, <sighs> but we will end on that. But I uh I think for as much as this is about everything that Mare has gone through and is going through to then get to this last episode where Lori's husband is now uh, in jail and, you know, impregnated his cousin's daughter. Uh, and, you know, now she has to raise his illegitimate son. Oh my and, God. That doctor office scene. Yeah. With the baby. Oh, oh. Like, she had to, like make that like, okay, I guess this is, you know, she's, empty yeah Yeah. um it was just it was so like it it was like watching somebody with zero energy in the tank have to run a marathon and you know and then you know now ryan is in you know uh is in juvie and you know she she just has moira who i thought it was just like an interesting choice to have moira 
um, have Down syndrome and that they didn't really mm-hmm. make it. I mean, it was a plot point in that one cafeteria scene, but yeah. otherwise it just kind of felt like, well, yeah, why not? You know, why not sure. uh, yeah. have that be a texture in this community and this story? Yes. Um, yes. I felt in the same way that Siobhan was a lesbian. I don't think it was like, look, we have someone with Down syndrome. Look, we have a lesbian. It was yeah. just kind of like, well, no, communities have lesbians and people with Down syndrome. So, <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Know? Uh, though I will say, like, uh, uh, Ryan beating the crap out of that kid with the with the cafeteria tray was very good. It was very cathartic. Oh, I was yeah, so I happy. Yeah. Yes, that and like Mare shooting the guy in that one scene, which we'll talk about, was oh. also the most cathartic. Oh my god! The way I yelled at the screen every time I watched oh my that scene. God, it's so good. So good. But so all of this is like all of a sudden this is like Laurie's tragedy and then it's like and i kept thinking when are we gonna get a moment when are we gonna get when are mary yeah, where's Laurie? the release yes yeah. and and it really is you know it, i think it's two parts i think it's first the car scene i'm obsessed with the way that the car scene starts where you're like in the middle of Lori crying with her palms pressed against her eyes like yes. the choices of how people cry in movies is very important <laughs> yeah it's perfect. It's like a silent cry. She's like in, in like when kids like specifically babies, like mm-hmm. they take that huge inhale and it almost feels like they're not breathing. And then right. they just go. Wah. Yeah, it's one of <laughs> it those. Kind of one of those. We caught her mid gasp. Mid gasp. And it's and again, all of this is so much more interesting because we know that they have been friends for like 25, 30 years, you know? Yeah. And. You know, the way that, like, uh, Lori, like, recoils from her. And she's like, why couldn't you just come to me? This one thing. This one thing. You already took mm-hmm. John. Like, uh, I mean, the the aria of my Ryan. My Ryan. Uh, my Ryan. My Ryan. He was 11, uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's It's truly... It's so complicated because you're like, oh, should she have done it? Like in loyalty to her best friend. But like, of course she had to like do what's right. She's not going to delete the iPad. I keep calling it an iPad, but whatever. It looks like an iPad. She's not going to delete the footage of, uh, you know, Lori's son. And it wasn't easy for her. But like, Mare doesn't say any of that. All she does is like, she doesn't go to the driver's side and say like, roll down the window. She Mm -hmm. gets in the car Mm -hmm. and sits next to her and just waits for her to say something. Yeah. I mean, that is like what I love the most about it is it's, it's their, it is so their relationship is she just gets in the car and sits next to her. There isn't a knock. There isn't like, yeah, it's, Oh, and yeah, I, I, I love that scene. And, uh, Julia Nicholson was talking about like when they did, she said they, they filmed that scene pretty early in production and, oh. and there weren't that many takes of it that they just kind of, you know, went for it. And, um, actually she said, you know, like as, as powerful as, as that scene was the one that really like fucked her shit up. And it's like, she even like got choked up talking about it was the scene of, um, going to visit Ryan in, in juvie 
and like oh, yeah. bringing more Mora and and the baby and she said mm-hmm. you know like I have a son and I just like yeah, the, the of weight course. of that like the idea of that um and actually just on a, I don't know if you saw this on IMDb but I just love this that on the note of like emotional connections with sons Kate Winslet couldn't even be in the same room with the actor playing Kevin because she would get too emotional because she had yes, like done that. so much backstory on him that like even in interviews mm-hmm. she gets choked up talking about it I yeah uh, ugh, that's that is. And such... Kate Winslet also has a son too. Right, so it's like, right. Yeah, it's easy right. to access that. It's such catnip for me is when actors like, you know, when they can't when they can't shake it, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, I just thought that was so interesting. But uh, so yeah, I think that that car scene is really the first of what you're talking about, where it's like Mare just shows up and was like, okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just going to be here. And I'm, you know, in the same way that Lori was like, I'm not going to let you push me away. Like Mare is yeah. really reciprocating that here. Yeah. I think, cause I, I feel that Mare wouldn't really know what's going to happen. You know, is and she should expect that she's going to explode, but right. she should also expect that like her friend's going to need some help because she doesn't uh-huh. really have anyone else right now. It's, it's, I would just be tiptoeing to that car. So I love that she, I, I feel, I could be wrong. I feel, why in my mind do I feel like the car door is still kind of open at the same time when she, when Kate wins? Like, I feel like she never shuts it, but obviously she does. I don't know. Like, in my mind, I felt like it was open a little bit in case she had to, like, run out of there. Right. <laughs> no, I, in case yeah. it went awry. I don't know. I, I That probably did not happen at all, but in my mind it did. When I rewatched it, she, I, it's funny because I had the same thought. I was like, does she close the door? She does. And I know okay. that's a tiny detail, but it does make a big difference. Um, yeah. It's a huge difference. She's committed. Yeah, yeah, of course. She should close the door, too. Right. And, and even like going back to, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's all coming back to Mare, too. But like from the moment she finds out that it's Ryan, it's like she, it's like even when she's making that arrest, it's Mare as the friend, it's not uh-huh. Mare, the cop. And just like, and it's so apparent on Kate Winslet's face too. Like, it's not, I don't know. Cause like the way that it's done, you know, it's like, stay back, let me do this because they all know it's coming and they're in the house and oh my God. Yeah. And actually that was good. That was the scene that Julia Nicholson was talking about. I take it back. That was the one she talked about is when Ryan comes home and says, mayor knows she's coming. Oh yes. That was the scene that really got to her. And I, and, and there is a moment of Lori you know, like registering it, it. It's very Sandy Dennis at the top of the stairs. If who's afraid of Virginia Wolf of like, Oh my yeah. God, like this is, it's, this is happening. And it all backfired. Yeah. I love that. And that scene. Yeah. Of like Lori of mayor coming to Lori's house, like watching mayor, you know, I was like watching her enter the house and just open the front door. And I thought how many times, how many hundreds and hundreds of times have you done this? Have you walked into mm-hmm. Lori's house and not for this reason? You know, like that's uh, that iceberg of history uh, of this moment is just so fascinating. And also, like, this is something Keon and I talked about, too, like being a mother and even within the son situation, too, with Ryan, like going even if they did, quote unquote, get away with it, I would never be able to relax ever. 
You know what right. I mean? Like, especially as his mother, like, okay, did we think of every possible thing that could have happened? Like, you know, let's go through our story again. Like, is there any way that anyone could ever find out? Like, to think that it could be that easy to just do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that there would okay, always well, be that gonna take the fall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that I would ever be able... Like, that also is another form of this, like trauma that you're going to carry with you but of course this one is worse but the other one is pretty bad too especially for that kid like i killed someone when i was nine and no one knows like how do you grow up and become a fully functioning adult with that and you can't tell anyone it's just him and his mom right only two people and dad who's in jail yeah yeah dad who's in jail and like that's a really good point is that and i think we do almost get a a suggestion of that in that in that scene when Laurie goes to visit Ryan that like he's got a writing class that he likes and you know it's like yeah. ultimately he will turn out for the better having gone through yes this. I think he will then yeah you know you think about like Ryan growing up you know holding the secret holding this trauma not being able to process it only being told to hide it like what that would like ferment into like this was so Ugh. much for the better you know yeah yeah uh, and and it's one of those things where i feel like you know i would want to see this in like you know yeah in 10 years i want to see lori and and mayor's relationship when ryan gets out of prison you know what i mean like yeah. all like i think there's so much more to this story you know and i think the it's almost like the end and the beginning of the next chapter for the end of this chapter and the beginning of a new chapter for Lori and Mayer is that last scene in the kitchen, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, for something, it was something so like sweet about like when Mayer comes over and more is like, Oh, hi Mayer. And just gives her a hug. And I was just like, oh, I know that's it's so sweet. sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm just so happy that Mayer was being welcomed into the house, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and there was something even, you know, cause like Lori is just like sacked out on the couch and, uh, you know, and when she gets up and she says, you know, you want some tea? And I thought, oh, okay, thank God she's going to make her tea. Like, this is hopeful. Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. <laughs> and, you know, and then, yeah, she goes to the stove and she puts the kettle on and it's like, and it, it's all, and there's like almost no dialogue in the scene. And I just yeah. think that's fascinating. And, and we're really kind of watching Mare, oh, like reading Lori, walking on those eggshells of like, can I approach, you know, and and Lori basically has her back to her the entire time. And I know. I'm like, never turn around. Never turn around. It's so perfectly blocked. It's oh, so perfectly blocked. That. And then I think, you know, I don't know whether Lori starts to break first or Mare puts her hand on her back first. Yeah. But it is, I mean, it is enough that Lori, like Mare reaches out figuratively and literally and connects with Lori and Lori starts mm-hmm. to break and then Lori turns and they hug. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I assume this was in the script, but the decision to then have Lori just collapse in her arms and the symbolism of that and the blocking of that and the drama of that and the acting of that. I, I was, I I was levitating on the the couch. Yes. Yes. It's the the perfect slump and where her head ends up and how she's, yeah. The way that she like, she starts to kind of moan a little bit and cry, you know, outward, like out loud as she kind of comes down to the floor and like, I, and I just, and I think that like, there's also that connection of, you know, when Kevin 
died like mayor like cut him down and like held his body until they came and, yeah. and took him away and i feel like mayor held his body the same way that she held Lori in this scene yeah and uh and there's just there was some moment of like you uh you can not make good on history but you you know i think in the past it's like i'm sure with kevin it was like if i could just have been there for him and have you know been there for him the way I'm there for Lori right now. Like there was redemption for, for herself and, you know, for the relationship. I just think there was so much that happened in that kitchen scene with almost no dialogue. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm like blown away by that scene. Yeah. There's so much repair, but still so much damage to repair, I guess. But that it's, it's the beginning of it. You know, you you know that they're going to be, I mean, although it's different, it's it's nothing's ever going to be the same. They're 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 heading towards the same direction, I guess, and they're doing it together in the kitchen, right? And Lori against is, the dishwasher, against the dishwasher. Lori is like I, I've so rarely seen exhaustion performed so well. You oh, know, yes, the like, weight of everything. Yeah, yes. I mean, just you know, it's, and it's funny. I'm I, I'm thinking of the last scene of the father as well, you know, when uh, Olivia Williams, who for some reason I would confuse Olivia Williams and Julia Nicholson for a while. And now obviously like there's, oh, they, yeah. they both have indelible performances in the last year yes, for me, yes. you know? Um, but there is, I, I, I liked kind of that similar moment of like someone who like the, the, the fight has just gone out of them, you know? And, and, yep. and the emotional wave has crested and there's someone just holding them. And, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I love moments like that. And I just, I love that last shot of the two of them. And I just, and I just kept thinking, God, Lori just looks exhausted. And, yeah. uh, and, and I'm just so glad that she has Mare, you know, like, I just think yeah. they're, and as complicated and as interesting as the relationship, relationship has been up to this point, it just got 10 times more interesting, you know? Yep. Yep. And I, but at the same time, it feels like a great place to leave them. I yep. don't need to see them five years, you know, at the, at the, at the homecoming parade downtown in, right. in East Town, you know, like I, I just need to know that they're going to be okay. And I feel good about it. Uh, it was, it's the perfect way to leave them. I was going to say this before that like, it kind of reminds me of and like it always comes back to Hamilton about how the whole the whole show was about Eliza the whole time and you don't know until that last like gasp yes. at the very end of like and like, like it all sort of even though Eliza's in the entire show it's like that pivotal moment that kind of really starts with like burn like mm-hmm. and on really but like the last second that like she gets to be the last moment of the show in some ways is like a little reminiscent of Laurie it's it's kind of a cheeky thing you know, I love mention, that, but it, it, yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. There's Philippa Sue and Julianne Nicholson. You know, it's similar energy. Absolutely, I love that. I love the idea that like both mothers, both mothers that like all, all ultimately realize, oh, this was all about them. Because I think the last scene in Mayor of Easttown, that last moment, is it's like an epilogue, and there's mm-hmm. also something about it, and I think it is a literal moment, but there is something about it that also feels entirely metaphorical. You know what I mean? That like, sure. Because you could say that there's something on the nose if it ends with her finally going up in the attic. You know, uh, yes, yes. You know that it's almost a little too specific to the point that it almost feels like it's metaphorical. That that is like that. Mare is ready to go to those places. You know. 
Yeah, absolutely. There was a part of me that was like, oh, she's going to go up the steps and that's how it's going to end. But in the way I was like, well, of course, that's what's going to happen. You know, I didn't hate it, but I also was like, okay, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is fine. This also is fine at the same time, because why not? Why not? I mean, it's better than what happened when they went up to the attic in Hereditary. So, you know, oh, God. <laughs> there have been worse endings in attics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still have nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I I mean, I said earlier that there won't be a season two, but I, from what I, I saw very briefly, it looks like Kate Winslet is open to there being a season two. I wouldn't be shocked for as successful as this was if they didn't try to find a way um you know with a new case and you know who knows and, and maybe some they managed to have a season two of broad church you know so i was just gonna say that yeah i was like and it's never gonna be season one and mm. same no. with broad church it's never totally. gonna be the same sort of twist or energy or acting it's like but they're all great obviously um i i want to talk i i just remembered like the most random gene smart <laughs> line that made me cackle was when um who is it? It's Tony and Patty Del Rosso, Del Rosso, whatever their name. Oh yeah, like Del when, Rosso. Uh, when yeah. Tony, yeah, when Tony comes to the house and is like kind of, you know, in Mare's face, and she's leaving, and then like Mare drives away, and Tony speeds after her, and <laughs> leaving Patty like in the street, and she's crying, and then Helen's just like, oh, come on in. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I love that moment. It was like the best thing ever because it's so tense. And the fact that she's like, all right, come on in. I'll make some coffee. Right. I love that. Helen. Helen. I love that. And the community again. Yeah. She's not going to leave Patty on the street. She's going to invite her in. Right. And she's probably known Patty for you know, of course. 20 years at, at, at least. And I think there's that too of like that little, yeah, that little moment between two, you know, supporting female characters but it says so yeah. much just that uh, that idea of helen and then inviting her inside i was like oh i know everything i need to know you know yeah i i just remembered that i'm so glad i did um because it's it's probably one of the times i laughed the hardest uh, yeah at least at helen for sure yeah i mean between between that and i think the car ride home from the funeral when uh after oh, mr carroll yes. you know admits that they had an affair i thought that scene yes. was really funny uh, yeah, that, there and was to a just catharsis hear Mare there. Laugh. Yeah, yes, it was yes. nice to see Mare laugh. Like or it was smile. A, yeah, it was a great <laughs> moment. Um, well, the only other thing that we haven't talked about, and I think it's, it is worth mentioning, is mm-hmm. how shocked were you when Evan Peters' uh, character was killed in episode five? Oh my gosh! I wish I had like my Apple watch on when I was watching that scene. Cause it just would have been, I would have had, to, it would have been like, are you okay? Cause my, I like my chest hurt because I was, so, it was so tense. Cause mm-hmm. the way that they shoot that scene, they're, you know, they're checking all the blue vans with this, these license plates and you, f- they knock on the door and you immediately know that they found the place because of how they pan back and show the restaurant. Oh. I was like, it is on. And I just, I knew that she was still kind of um, on probation, right? She shouldn't yeah, she, have been out with him. She shouldn't she have been out with him. She didn't have a gun. She didn't have a gun. She shouldn't have been out with him. I mean, that was, you know, kind of the 
there's that incredible scene with his mother when she slaps oh, Mare. Yeah. And I mean, she that's a great little one. Yeah, you why know, would she ever go over? I'd never go to that house. Right? But, yeah. But yeah, scene. and she's like, you know, if he didn't follow you to that house, then he, you know, he'd be here right now. And <clears throat> now that you say that, it's like, yeah, he should have never because she wasn't even, she was, she shouldn't have been dragging him there at all in the first place. Like, yeah. It, it's crazy that she is kind of responsible for this, you know, and mm-hmm. couldn't mm-hmm. help protect him because she didn't even have a fucking gun. Huh? Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot. But that whole sequence. Oh, the pipe starting to rattle and like the girls like thankfully know it, you know, the one that's been there forever. Um, yeah, Katie Bailey. What was. Yeah. yeah. And sh- and that they start to shake it and like that's where I was just like I I I can't handle this I don't know what's gonna happen and you know that he has a gun, and I think like it just happens so quick I think mm-hmm. but I love that it does and he pulls the gun out and she says like Zabel and then like before he can even pull the gun out he's dead oh. and then he shoots Mare like like it could have easily been her next had she not ran away either too and that I think it like shot her hand or something yeah I, I think he got her hand. Uh... Yeah, or some, she was, it was, that whole sequence, it's, um, I don't think you've seen Silence of the Lambs, but. Uh, I have not. No, but the end, the, the climax of Silence of the Lambs is, is somewhat similar. Oh, God, it's my a, heart. It's a similar, okay. like, oh, God, oh, God, it is, it is, oh, God, it's, uh, it's terrifying. But, yeah, this scene was so scary. Even the second time I watched it, I was so tense, and both times, once she realizes that Zabel's gun's down there and she gets and she runs downstairs like she hits she hits him and then she runs downstairs and that's that shot of her running down like I think she falls down the stairs and she turns the corner and every time I would put my hands on my cheeks and scream get his gun mayor just get his gun (laughs) (laughs) yes oh the chasing I just my heart and the fact that she had like she had enough sense to tell the girls to like shut up yeah you know, because like i i he can't know i'm here and then he has cameras because of course he has cameras course he does oh <sighs> but yeah when she shoots him and what i love is that she shoots him one more time after he's yes down. i would have kept shooting him yes and just her her kind of like aftershock acting leaning against that yep. door i it was just i mean just one of those moments where i was like god damn kate winslet I mean, yeah. if it hasn't been made abundantly clear enough, this woman is a is a queen. She is a <laughs> yes. queen. I uh, I think this is the best thing I've ever seen her in. Like, I, 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 she's and she's done so many great things, but I think this is when I realized, like, oh, this is one of our greatest living actresses. Determined, decided. You know what I mean? Yeah, have you seen Mildred Pierce? Because I have not, and it's like I I feel like sometimes I I feel like I need to see that as well, but I right. feel like I probably end up liking this more anyway. I I have not seen the version that she was in. I saw the original one with Joan Crawford, and sure, it was fine. Um, but I haven't. But I would be shocked if if it was a yeah, better if, performance. If you're than getting this. the same reaction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, to you answer know, your oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Say, but listeners listening, any Mildred Pierce fans, you know, cry out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, to answer your initial question, which I never answered. Oh, I I, did. um, Yeah. Like I I screamed. I like gasped. Keon and I both like shot out of our seats because, you know, something bad is going to happen. But you just didn't expect him to get killed. It was like he's such a goose and such a goose. Oh, 
so great in this. And like, before we get into Evan Peters, who I don't, I don't want to pivot too hard to like, is there anything else about that scene besides just the, like the sheer amount of, ugh, like lives I lost just watching that too. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I just, I, it was really intense, but had a great payoff. And I'm so glad that they yeah, just I, shot him. Totally. I feel the same way. I was, I was so relieved and just, it was so powerful and so scary. And, um, yeah, I think that like I was impressed that for all of the different notes and themes and emotions that Mayor of Easttown had hit upon, there was also this like incredibly suspenseful set piece that just uh, was so well done, felt so realistic. And I think that I'd seen, you know, like a making of and they talked about like, we didn't want this to feel like, you know, Mayor the action hero. And it did it. Yeah. Like, no. I felt, yeah, I felt like she had never really been in a situation like this before. And yeah. um the fact that she survived it was um, there was a lot of luck there, you know? And to think that Zabel still had the gun like in his hand or it like had dropped, you know, beside him mm -hmm. and like to just even have the, like a clear mind to know, like I have to get the gun. That's the only way out of this because running really won't help at right. all. Right. And to think of that at maybe the exact moment or maybe that's her, you know, to kind of navigate like a house she's never been in before. It's a lot of luck, but also like, she's just really good at her job too. Like I, all things considered. Um, you know, the one uh, thing I, I was just thinking about is, you know, with that guy, when she hits him with whatever that black metal thing was. Oh, I would have. I would have beaten the shit out of him and yes. then kicked the gun yes. away. And I don't know if this is meant to be a connection, but it is interesting that we, we see a very specific moment in the last episode when she tackles John in the river. We see a moment of her pushing the gun away. And yeah. I'm sure that some of that is procedural of like, that's just what sure. you do. But I, yeah, that yeah. was the one moment where I was like, Mayor, what, what is this like a, you know, a Friday the 13th movie? Like, why are you running away instead of taking his gun or, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I think I, for whatever reason, however it played out in the scene, I think, I it, you know, you just accept that people don't always think straight in these moments. But uh, yes, yes, there was definitely that sense of like, oh, I'm not making this mistake twice, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I, I think, I don't it looked like a skateboard or something. I don't mm. even know what it was that she, like, was hitting him with. But I right. would have bludgeoned him to death in yeah. his face. Like, I know that sounds graphic, but, like, I mean, That's... it's either him or me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you gotta... I, that would have been it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, God. But I, I, the gun moment was great and truly satisfying because... It had to happen, and I'm so I'm so glad that that was one of the things because it seems like that was you know one of the biggest plot points of this show. But like, there's so much more to the show than that. Like, just when you think it's over, it's really not. And just when you think you actually know what's going on, it's actually really not that either. Too. There's like three different like uh, twists, I guess. You know, as far as even like going back to the original murderer, I guess not necessarily the. I keep wanting to call her Katie Ryan, but that's not her name. It's Katie Bailey. Everyone... Katie yeah. Bailey, yes. Yeah. I went to school with a Katie Ryan. She was cool. Yeah, I feel like I know a Katie Ryan. I feel like, yeah, you know. Everyone does. We all know yeah. a Katie Ryan. Yeah. But but back to, I. it's like, it's so ironic that we're ending with Evan Peters, but maybe we'll bring it back to Kate Winslet, final thoughts. But um, I just thought he was great. I love that he played the dopey sort of guy who was not the hot shot that wasn't... The knew that like 
there's a certain amount of like respect and like uh, status that Mare had within the community and was kind of intimidated it, intimidated by it at the same time too. And I will say this hands down, and I'm sure you read this on IMDb too, like the best drunk scene I have ever seen an actor ever and probably will ever see. Like as yeah. far as like playing drunk and uh, and I read on IMDb that like he was so he thought that it was so bad that when they wrapped the film like that night of shooting that he started to cry right Uh, and I was like oh my god if you think that's like it's just amazing how like you your work your best work never feels like your best work because you're just in your head yeah and it's so good it's so good and I think he had even like I think he said he improvised the line of like let me put my bagel down which I (laughs) think is so funny uh that yeah, that is such a good performance of drunk. I mean, there are, there's so you know, it's like Amy Poehler has kind of been holding the crown for me of like people who perform drunk really well. Oh yes, and yes. and I think that you know he's certainly welcome uh, you know on that throne as well. That was such a good scene. I feel like he was so drunk that I was worried how hungover he was going to be the next day. Like it was that uh-huh. palpable. I was like, oh my god, you were going to be so wrecked tomorrow. Yeah, I was like. I, I couldn't get, and I said it out loud. I was like, that's the best, like, drunk performance I've ever seen. I said it out loud to Keon, and he was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. I, yeah. he was, I really, I'd seen him in some of, like, the American Horror Story stuff. Sure. And it was like, oh, yeah, Evan Peters, whatever. But this was definitely like, a, oh, Evan Peters. Okay. I didn't know he was in it. I didn't look at any of the cast, so I was really excited to see him. I was like, great for him. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. It was, I mean... Everybody was great in this, and yeah, most of all, and, and maybe this is a bit of a cliffhanger for our Best Sporting After Show, but it does bring up the question of, as Emmys are being predicted upon, at the very least, yeah. uh, when it comes to limited series, I mean, again, we'll talk about this in our Best Sporting After Show, but it raises the question of, is Mayor of Easttown and its cast, are, is this the one to beat? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. because there's some stiff competition. Opponents, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, oh, but it's so good. Everyone go watch it. I mean, obviously we spoiled everything. So if you're listening to this, maybe it's too late. But, right, uh, right. But watch it anyway. you have watched. Yeah, yeah. go rewatch it. Yeah, go rewatch it. Like I, I found on rewatch, I was getting so much more out of it. This is, again, one of those things that it's a different show the second time you watch it because you just... You see all of it differently. You see the Ross family differently. Like, all of it feels different, um, just kind of knowing how it's all going to play out. So uh, it's, you know, it's worth a revisit. Yeah, it is prestige television at its best. Mm-hmm. And we love to see it. And we there's a lot of women. It. Oh, mm-hmm. it's just teeming with women. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's, yeah, this is, a if you like women... And like watching women act, then mm-hmm. book yourself a, a one-way greyhound to East Town. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I think it's fair to say that uh, we need to be played off. Someone needs to yeah. play us off, and now they're doing it. Now they're playing us off. So, asking you shall receive. Uh, where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can find me every Thursday, a new day, um, with at the Good Vanilla podcast, which is my other podcast about the Barefoot Contessa. 
Um, and they can also uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kochanov. How about you, Colin? Well, you can find more of me on All Right Mary, talking about Drag Race. Uh, yeah. We're doing Drag Race España right now, which is so good. I'm having oh, such yeah? a good time with it. I, okay. I, I, If you're looking for something fun to add to your mix, add to your list, uh, oh, Drag yes. Race España is super okay. fun. Okay. Uh, and, of course, All Star 6 is coming soon. Uh, and, of course, uh, you can find more of me on In the Details, which I think might be coming back in the next couple of days. Keep your peepers yeah. peeled. And may, in fact, be a Mayor of Easttown-themed episode. So if you want to oh. hear even more of me yes. queening out about Mayor of Easttown, that's where that's going to happen. Keep your papers peeled. Uh, and, of course, you can find more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at the – nope, at BSA Pod on Twitter. Yeah. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, your peepers are already peeled for the next episode of In the Details, and I hope you keep them peeled because our – S supporting after show will be coming out on Friday in which we yeah. will be talking about some early Emmys predictions. Yes. Can't wait. Uh, I can't That's wait so either. Excited. I got yeah, some feelings. I've got some thoughts and yeah. uh, and I'm going to share them. <laughs> and that as they say is that. <laughs> <laughs>